lost. I was lost with a broken heart. You picked me up, now I'm set apart. From the ash, I am born again. Forever safe in the Savior's hands. You are more than my words can say. You are alive. 
Holy Spirit, that You are here. May our hearts be open to You right now. We lift You high this morning. We lift You high above all else in our lives, above all circumstances. We lift You high. May You have Your way this morning. May our hearts be open to what You would want to do in us and through us. Thank You, God. Thank You, God. Thank You, God, for Your love. May we receive from You. Thank You for Your peace. Thank You for Your joy in this place this morning. Thank You, God. Thank You, God. May we be totally open to You, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Welcome to church this morning. Are you expectant? Because He is here. He is here. Isn't that cool? It's great. I can feel this beautiful atmosphere in this place. He wants to do something this this morning. Something beyond your expectations. Isn't that great? Amen? Amen. Welcome to church. You may be seated. It is amazing to have Pastor Esther Greenwood with us this morning. Yeah, give her a a huge hand. And Grace with her also. Lovely to have you. We had an amazing day yesterday at Girls' Day Out. Uh, Everyone was coming up to me going, oh my goodness, Esther is so amazing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, we've got her here today as well. All three gatherings today. So thank you, Esther, for being with us this weekend. And you were amazing yesterday. Thank you for what you imparted yesterday. And we're looking forward to today. Today is going to be a great day. Amen. So if you're here for the first time with us today, it's great to have you with us. Uh, We would love you to feel relaxed and welcome with us. If you haven't already received a welcome pack, we do have some welcome packs at the back and in the foyer, the the white gift packs, you can pick one of those up. It also has a a coffee card in it that you can enjoy a coffee in the Crossover Cafe. So we'd love you to fill out your details and we'd love to get to know you uh, a little bit and you to get to know us. So enjoy your morning with us this morning. We're going to celebrate some birthdays and anniversaries. Who's had a birthday or anniversary this past week? Has anyone had a birthday anniversary? Wedding anniversary? Birthday? No! Does anyone want chocolate? Okay, come and get some chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, Lance. Okay, yeah, first three people. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy chocolate this morning. I declare blessing upon you as you eat your chocolate in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Do you want chocolate too? Yeah. Wayne wants chocolate too, Lance. <laughs> oh, you got one. Oh, good. <laughs> Great. Couple of things coming up. Easter. Easter is coming up. It's nearly Christmas, come on. Let's get to Easter first. (laughs) Easter is coming up. Easter is an amazing weekend, isn't it? On the Christian calendar, incredible weekend. So we're going to be here 
Friday morning of Easter. Friday, we're going to have a Friday gathering together at 10 a.m., the 14th of April. So that is going to be a beautiful gathering together. Invite your friends, invite your workmates, invite your family. 10 a.m. together, it'll be a one-hour max gathering on Good Friday morning. And then we're having combined gathering on the Sunday morning. So note that 9 a.m. is combined gathering will be at 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Easter weekend. That'll be the 16th of April, 10 a.m. And then at the 6 p.m. on Easter weekend, we get to come out and enjoy some dinner together. We're going to have dinner. Some food together. Some food. (laughs) Yeah, good to have food. 6 p.m. on Easter weekend. Probably should have chocolate too or hot cross buns. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This coming Saturday, we've got the healing rooms happening here at Activate Church. So if you need healing, if you know anybody at all that needs healing in your workplace, in your family, if anyone needs healing, the healing rooms are happening here this Saturday. Uh, you can come along between uh, 10, is it 10.30? 10.30 and 12.30. 10.30 and 12.30 this Saturday morning. You don't need to make an appointment. Come along. There were people healed last month. This happens once a month. People are being healed in the healing rooms. So that's exciting. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do this Saturday. Amen. Our next Sunday, next Sunday night, how many of you know Anna and Nam? A beautiful, some of our, one of our beautiful missionary couples uh, that are abroad. They are going to be here next Sunday night. So next Sunday night, I really encourage you to be here. They're going to share with us 6 p.m. next Sunday evening. And church, I want to thank you for being purposed and you're giving. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't do anything, can we? Without finances, just the way it is. So thank you for being purposed in our giving and being able to make a difference also in our community. Not just We don't, we don't want to just open up the doors and turn the lights on. We want to make an impact on our community, on our nation, on the nation. So thank you for being purposed in, in our giving and also the reminder that the giving boxes are on the left in both foyers. Tonight we've got Esther with us tonight at the 6pm and I was talking to her earlier and I was like what's, what's going to happen tonight and she's going to be sharing about occupying, taking, is it t- taking the promised land, entering, occupying, how to seize it I guess, yeah. So that's pretty powerful a message isn't it? I know I want to grab hold of that one. Occupying the Promised Land. So that's going to be tonight at 6 p.m. Well, we're going to uh, enjoy gathering around the communion table together. Is Paul Nobolo? Yeah, Paul. Paul is a board member on the ATC board. And look at him here. He's got the kids' t shirt on. He is serving in kids this morning and he has come out and to, to lead us around the communion table. So, how about you give Paul a great hand? Thanks, Jen. Good to see you all this morning. You doing well? Excellent. Alrighty. Well, um, yeah, I, I um, came away from, I was, I was paying attention a couple of weeks ago when Trevor was doing communion, and I remember one word, and that was remember. 
So it kind of got me thinking a bit, and, um, and it's really interesting to hear Jan talk about God's love this morning as well, because that's kind of what I started thinking about in relation to the wonderful story of um, communion. And uh, it's, it's good for us to remember, isn't it? Jesus gave his all for us. He was tempted, bruised for our sins. He was disfigured. He had a spear thrust in his side and nails in his hands all for us. He could have called legions of angels to save himself, but he chose to be our perfect sacrifice. Pretty amazing. To pay the price for our sins with his blood. And then, the cool part, then he rose on the third day, our victorious saviour. Pretty awesome, eh? So I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. And then um, I thought a bit further. So Mary Magdalene is one of the women that comes down to the tomb. But she didn't recognize Jesus. She thought he might be a gardener until she heard his voice. And then there was a couple of followers on the road to Emmaus. They walked seven miles. So it's about over 10 k's. For two hours with Jesus teaching them. They even had a meal. And they only recognized him when he broke bread. Maybe they saw his hands when he broke the bread. But it took them a long time to realize it was Jesus. So it got me thinking, how long does it take for us to see Jesus in our situations? Are we looking with spiritual eyes? He's done all we need. It is finished, he said. His resurrection power is now freely available to us. So we can have a relationship with him. And out of knowing his love, catch his heart for others, for the lost and the broken. And there's plenty of those around, eh? But Jesus left us help as well. So by his ascension, when he went back to heaven, to the right hand of the Father, he made way for the Holy Spirit. He left the comforter. So now he can fill us to overflowing. He can connect with us one-to-one and empower us to share God's love and to impact our world and share the good news. What a privilege, eh? That's amazing. It just blows me away. So it's our move. What will we do with this invitation from our Savior? Will we walk with our spiritual eyes open and see Jesus in our world, share his amazing love with those around us? What does that look like? Spending time in his presence and his word. Something I find really hard in our busy world today. Something I really need to do more of. Connecting with others, loving them, being real, and unashamedly sharing our story with others. Letting God interrupt our daily routine for the good of others. It's a, it's a tough one to plan to be interrupted, isn't it? It's a real tough one. So get connected with God and what Jesus has done for you. Be available to others and see what happens. That's, that's what I felt God was challenging us with today. And remember, God's got your back. So he's, he's there. He's right there. So he's, he's, not, he's calling out us to do it with him, but for us to take that step. Philippians 1, three to, verses 3 to 6. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making requests for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, here's the key part, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we're all a work in progress, but he's got a plan, and he's got our back. So as we come to take communion today, just, just remember that, and um, just ask him, what is, it, what is it he's calling you to do? So I'll just pray. Lord, I thank you that we can come before the table and uh, remember what you did. Remember your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. I pray you would just clearly um, help us to connect with you, to remove those things that block us from feeling and receiving your love, being filled with your spirit and being able to share that love. Just help us to even 
here about what that next step is for us this week as we go out tomorrow into our, our worlds, whatever that looks like. Just pray bless these emblems and bless, bless this um, remembrance of, of what you've done in Jesus' name. Lord that we can come today as a family and worship you and thank you that we can come exactly as we are and that you still can encounter us Father and I just pray that we would be open um, to you this morning Father that nothing would hold us back that we'd give everything that we have Lord I thank you that you're here in this place
Father made a way. Jesus came and gave his life for us. And I, I really feel that there are people here that are not taking up on what Jesus has done. As Paul said before, Jesus said, it is finished. I came and I died for us in our place so that we may come to the Father. And as we've been singing, His arms are open wide. But we've got to receive that. We've got to walk into that. The Father longs for intimate relationship with each one of us. So He made a way. He sent His Son. Jesus went to the cross. He died for each one of us so that we can come running into the Father's arms. And I encourage you, wherever you're at, that is for you. That is for you. You can come running into the Father's arms. You can receive His forgiveness. Shame, guilt is gone because of Jesus, not because of us, but because of Jesus. He took it. He took it. All we need to do is say sorry, repent, say sorry, and come running into the Father's arms. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you're in Incredible love is for each one of us. Thank you that you desire that relationship with each one of us, that your arms are open wide, continually open wide to each one of us, that you love it when we come into your presence. You love it. Thank you, Jesus, that you made a way. Thank you, Jesus, that you suffered and you died. But not only did you die, but you rose again. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose again. You broke the power of sin and death. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that we can live righteous, that we can live sin, free of sin, free of guilt, free of shame. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we can come into your presence day and night. Thank you. Thank you. May we take up on that. May we, may we run into your arms. May nothing stop us. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, loving Father. Loving Father, may we receive of your love. Thank you. Almighty God, loving Saviour, thank you. Yes, and amen. Amen. He is amazing, isn't he? He is amazing. Wow. We will never get our minds around it, will we? He is good. He is amazing. We just need to receive. Awesome. Awesome. I want you to remain standing and I'm going to invite Pastor Esther to come and I want you to honour this incredible woman of God who has come and she is uh, ready to impart something to activate Hamilton. So let's honour the gift on her life this morning as she comes. Good morning, church. Oh, look at you. You're so good looking. Ah, hello. Wow. Do you know how good looking you are? What? Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, good looking. (laughs) 
If you don't have someone next to you, you can say it to yourself. Hey, good looking. That should be a good practice. That we just look in the mirror and say, hey, good looking. That is a really good practice. I love that song. Oh, what a saviour. Has Brett gone? Brett, yeah, he's still there. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Does it bring joy? Yeah. Bow down before him. For he is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Come on, he's risen this morning. He is risen. He is not dead. He is alive. He has conquered sin and death and the grave. And every illness is under his feet, which means it's under this morning. Brett, you're too good, mate. You're too good. I just want to keep going. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, he's like, carry on. No, man, I got to talk now. I got to talk now. Isn't he good? Wow. Can you give him a round of applause? Fams, family going on. You're good with the harmonies, bro. Really good. I could, I could just carry on here for a long time. For a long time. She's like, yeah, do it, do it. Oh, well, look, it's so, so great to be here. I actually really... Hey, Owen! Hi! I haven't seen him yet. Sorry, I might recognise you and then be like, that's my old friend. It's really nice to be here. Oh, thank you. It's really nice. Do you know, um, I love this building because I remember coming to this building when I was a teenager, when I was just learning to serve the Lord And there were conferences held in this building where the leaders of this nation would gather in this building and would um, minister and would commission and would release the Spirit of God. And I remember many powerful moments in my life happening in this building. And so I love this place. I feel like I'm at home, which is probably why I've been misbehaving just a little bit. Um, So (laughs) please don't tell Pastor Sam from Equippers. Sheridan, Jen. Uh, (laughs) But it is truly, truly wonderful to be here. For those of you who don't know me, um, apart from my name, I am Esther Greenwood. I have been uh, walking with Jesus and a part of Equippers Church in Auckland for the last 17 years. And so um, I love the house of God. I love the house of God. And I love doing anything um, and everything I can to build God's house. When I was 14, um, I made a decision to follow Jesus. Well, not really. I made a deal with God is what I did when I was 14. I don't know if that's theologically correct, but as a 14-year-old, I didn't really care. Um, so as a 14-year-old, I was in a desperate situation, and um, I love my family, but the home that I grew up in was quite volatile and violent, and so when I came into the house of God, um, and I felt hope, and it scared the living daylights out of me, uh, because whenever you go to hope, there's always the risk of failure and disappointment, and sometimes I think it is a very human reaction to just not want to hope at all and to create a very comfortable living, Um, but that's not what God has called us to. 
Um, he's called us to live wild and free. Um, after Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. <laughs> Imagine that. Good times. So um, I sat in this uh, auditorium, the Mercury Theatre in Auckland, and I made a deal with God. And I said to God, God, I'm going to give you my whole life. Understand I'd been going to a Fijian. I'm Fijian. Um, I've been going to a Fijian Methodist church um, all of my life. My mum is the youngest of 14 kids. And yeah, right. <laughs> the islands and no television. Um, <laughs> Just, just what happened. And uh, so she's the youngest of 14 kids and her father was, um, or my, my grandfather was a Fijian Methodist bishop or minister. And so, uh, so when I grew up, we went to church is what we did. Uh, but I was saying to the ladies yesterday, going to church every Sunday doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a cheeseburger. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Uh, although going to church is really important. Um, so I sat there and I said, God, I don't know if you're real, but if you are real, I'm going to give you my whole heart, my whole life. I'm going to run hard. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to, if you speak and I listen and I feel that it's you speaking, I'm just going to say yes. And without thinking, I'm going to follow you. Uh, but I said to God, um, your end of the deal is if I do that, you need to be with me every step of the way. You need to prove that you're real. You need to prove that this is more than a great idea. I need more than religion. I need what your word says to be true. And the moment, God, that you go back on your word, the moment that you don't fulfill your promise, the moment that you leave me, that you forsake me, the moment that you do that, I will know you're not real and I will walk away from you and church and perhaps even life. So I made that deal with God when I was 14 and uh, that was 17 years ago, so you do the math. Um, and uh, from that moment until now, God has been faithful. Um, God has been so faithful and that's why I love his house and that's why I love building his house and that's why I love doing all that I can do because I know he's good and I know he's real and I know his promises are trustworthy and I know he is faithful and I know that it hasn't been easy but he's always been there and so I love God and I love being here. So that's a little bit about me. I have two older brothers um, which makes me the youngest and the only girl. So you can imagine what it's like to hang out with me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings and chapter 17. We're going to start in the Word today, which is really good. That's what all good preachers do. <laughs> they read from the Word of God. And so this morning, uh, this is a word that's been on my heart uh, for, a, for a, a while now. And it's really a word that I'm carrying for 2017. Um, it's a word for increase. It's a word for more. It's a word for abundance. It's a, more, it's a word for stretching out. It's a word for gaining more territory. It's a word for standing up strong. It's a word, and I, I believe it's a practical word this morning. So we're going to get practical, um, which is awesome. Have you ever heard an incredible message and then left going, man, that was awesome. Now, what do I do? I hope that we're going to land really practically today and in Jesus' name that you would respond, that your heart would respond, not to me, um, because, you know, you, you, that's, 
that's not non-essential, but I hope that your heart would respond to the Spirit of God this morning. So turn to First uh, Kings and chapter 17. I'm reading from the NLT version um, of, oh, hey, we have some NLT fans. All right, Owen, okay. Everyone, really? Is this an NLT church? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Oh, how the women love the amplified version. Praise Jesus. Um, okay. So in 1 Kings chapter 17, we find this guy, his name is Elijah. And I like Elijah. I like him because he's what I like to call a boss. He is Mr. Boss Man Elijah, and I like Elijah because I have read and heard stories about Elijah, and this guy is awesome. He would be able to stand on a mountain or stand somewhere and say, God, let fire fall, and literally that's what would happen. That's incredible. And then like next minute, he'd be standing there and God let the heavens open, let rain fall and it would fall. And so I I don't know, have you done that lately? (laughs) I mean, that's pretty amazing. And so I like this Elijah guy, but in Jesus' name, I have a word this morning that God would declare, yeah, it's great that He can do miracles for you, but in 2017, now the miracle He wants to do through you. Now He wants to do incredible things through you so that you or we don't become those Christians that just stand around and say, God, would you do it? God, would you do it? But we don't actually move to it, right? Because when that happens, we do too much of that. We think we're warfaring in the spirit. What we're actually doing is throwing a tantrum, right? And the Word of God says that we are to put away child-ish things, but, but Jesus says that we need to be childlike, Right, childlike, that I can, I can help, I can be a part of it. I, you know, I, I have a niece, I don't have any children, much to my mother's dismay. <laughs> but I am married, so she's half happy. I, I have a niece, and when, my niece ha- uh, when I'm looking after my niece, she always wants to help me. Um, Auntie, Auntie, can I help you cook? Auntie, can I help you bake? Auntie, can I help you do this? And I'm like, yes, you can. And right, like I just, I, I give her like one egg and a bowl. And then I say, just mix it up there. And then I take the egg from her and I don't even use it. Right? Because I'm like, by the time she's finished that, I'm nearly done cooking. And then after that, I'm like, look, Caden, she's like, I did that. I'm like, yeah, you did. And I think sometimes that's like us with God. God's like, yeah, come on, you can do it. You can be a part of it. And at the end of it, there's this end product. There is the miracle. There is the breakthrough. There's the favour. There's the blessing. But really, God did all the work. But He invites us to say, come on, partner. Partner with Him. So I like Elijah because Elijah is one who was a conduit of God's redemptive plan for a nation. And so this morning, I pray that that would be the reality, that would be uh, the joy of our lives. Okay, 1 Kings and 17. Here we go. This is the first place that we find Elijah. And in verse 2, the Lord says this. Uh, Let me give you some context. Um, God has already spoken to Elijah and said to Elijah, there's going to be a drought in the land. 
Okay, so First Kings 17 and verse 2, the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide by Kerith Brook. Someone say Kerith. Say Kerith. You guys are loud this morning. It's wonderful. Go to Kerith Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. There's going to be a drought in the land. And God says to Elijah, Elijah, what I want you to do is go to Kerith Brook. So I'm a little bit of a geek. I love reading. I love researching. And so what I happened to do, because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, um, I went and I looked up what some of these places or these names or what these verses say in the original language, because it helps me to understand what was going on. So I looked up what this word Kerith Kerith, Kerith, what that word means. When I looked it up, that word Kerith means cutting. But not just any cutting, an aggressive form of cutting. To cut off, cut down, like to cut off a body part. Right, we're not talking about craft scissors here. Right, this is a little bit, it's a little bit gross. To cut out, to eliminate, to cut a covenant or a promise like that of marriage. So this is a very aggressive form of cutting. And God says to Elijah, hey, Elijah, there's a drought in the land. And you know when there's a drought in the land where there's not enough water, people start acting a fool. Right? When people are dehydrated, they start to be sluggish. They start to make decisions they never would. They start to panic. They start to stress. And God says to Elijah, Elijah, what I want you to do is go to the place of cutting. Go to the place of separation. Go to the place where I'm going to now eliminate some things from your life that you thought, you thought were absolutely necessary, but they're not. If you, if the, the, the scripture says, go to Kerith Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. I don't know about you, but if there was a drought and I had a choice between a river and a brook, I think I would go to the river. I think there would be more water there. I think that's probably where everyone else would go to. But not Elijah. God said, no, 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 Elijah, I don't want you to go to the river. Everyone else is going to go there for their source. But what I want you to do, Elijah, is go to Kerith Brook. And it says in verse 4, drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. This is incredible. God says to Elijah, come on, come away with me, Elijah. Come away from the noise. Come away from where everyone else is. I just want it to be me and you, Elijah. Come away. Come to the place of separation. Come to the place where you don't have your task list going on, where you're not leaning on your finances to provide for you. Come to the place. Come away so that I can provide for you, so that I can send ravens to be your food source. I think sometimes... There are far too many things that we just rely on in life to get us through, but it's not God, right? 
We just rely on things. We just rely on our career to give us a sense of accomplishment. We just rely on our family to give us a sense of purpose. We rely on our finances to get us through. But God says, no, no, come away with me. If you're gonna rely on those things, you don't know how to rely on God. And so this morning, come on, if we want the increase, if we want the favor, God is lovingly saying to Elijah, come away with me, come away from the noise, come away from everything that's going on and spend some time. I did a little bit of research on ravens. By research, I mean I Googled it and Wikipedia came up. So uh, yeah, because that's a reliable source. Um, a raven, ravens are scavengers with a huge diet that includes fish, meat, seeds, food, carry-on, and garbage. Ugh. But get this, ravens, they are not above tricking animals out of their food. One raven will distract the other animal, for example, and the other raven will steal the food. These are selfish birds that are only concerned about their own survival. I'm sorry, how good is God? God says to Elijah, hey Elijah, come away. Come away to Kerith Brook. It's gonna be hard. You're gonna have to learn how to trust in me and only me. You're gonna have to learn that I am your source. But what I'm gonna do for you, Elijah, is I'm gonna teach you that from the most unlikely source, ravens, from ravens, I'm gonna bring your source. I'm gonna bring your blessing. I'm gonna bring the miracle. Come on, from the most unlikely source, the thing that should have stolen from Elijah was the very place that Elijah was then given food and sustenance for life. That's how good God is. That's what happens when we rely on God. God says, even, even what was meant for evil, I can turn it around and make it for your good. But you're only gonna learn that when you don't rely on other things and other people to give you your source, but God Himself. Come on, first world Christians. Right, please understand, I am preaching to me. How easy is it to just rely even, hello, how easy is it to even just rely on Pastor Sheridan and Pastor Jan for your food? Because I bet you they'd be serving up a feast every Sunday. And how much do we just rely perhaps on our leaders and those around us to just be giving us what we need, but we don't know. We don't know how to go into the quiet place, into the secret place. We don't know how to just rely on God. Really? I say that because I'm guilty of that. I've done that where I've relied on food to just be spoon-fed to me and then come the battle I don't know how, I don't know what to do. I start to panic. I want to give up. But people who have gone to Kerith Brook like Elijah, oh, they know. They know the voice of their God. They know the calling of their God. They don't know, they don't, they know they don't need to worry. There's no worry, there's no anxiety. In Jesus' name, I pray and I truly believe that increase will come when we start to carve out the secret place once again.
The increase is going to come. The blessing is going to come through you. Where, where it becomes that Christ is your first port of call when things, crazy things start to happen. When you know, when you know the place that I run to is my refuge and my strength. Oh, what a saviour. When you can sing those songs without bread, <laughs> having to play the keys, that would be a little bit weird, but kind of awesome, right? If the team was just like in your house, helping you with your devotions in the morning. That's not the reality though. But in Jesus' name, I pray, come on, do what you need to do. One of the things that I used to do when my, when my, my intimate personal relationship with Jesus got stale is I used to, this is revolutionary people, I used to wake up earlier. Oh my gosh. Yeah, except for this morning, right? We get an hour more. I used to wake up earlier, like super, super early. And I would get ready for work. And I'd put on my clothes. And I'd, you know, get my hair done, get my face done, get in the car. And I would drive to work super early in the morning where there was hardly anyone else on the road. And I would get to work and I'd make myself a coffee and some breakfast. And I would sit in our cafe at work that overlooks just a little bit of our city. And I would just sit there and for 45 minutes to an hour, that was my breakfast date with Jesus. And I would just eat. And it was just like it was just me and Jesus overlooking the city. Man, what have you got for me today, Jesus? Oh, I want to rely on you. Oh, I want to hear your voice. Oh, I want to know you're leading today. Jesus, have you got someone for me to talk to today? Have you got someone for me to encourage today? Oh, give me that word, Jesus. Oh, yes, I remember that word. I remember that word in Proverbs. I'm going to carry that word with me, Jesus. And whoever you want me to encourage, I'm going to do that today. Oh, you want me to bless someone today? Okay, I can do that. Oh, you want me to confess something today? Oh, Jesus, really? Oh, can't it just be me and you? No? All righty. I will go. I will set up a meeting with my leaders and I will confess. I'll say, I'm struggling, that I need help. But you only do that when you have the quiet place. You only do that when you go to the place of cutting and God begins to cut and separate and eliminate insecurity in your life that you thought was going to be a part of your life. And you were leaning on that insecurity to give you excuses not to step out in faith, right? You were leaning on that fear as an excuse. Oh, no, I can't do it. But in the place of Kareth Brook, the love of God will come in and it will eliminate violently the fear from your life so you can go forward. But it only happens. Come on, God said, come, Elijah. It was an invitation. I pray you hear the invitation of the Spirit this morning saying, come on, come away with me. Oh, we got to move on. Praise Jesus. All right. So that's the first place. Elijah goes to three places before he becomes the rain man, okay? The rain man, all right. So the scripture carries on, and in verse eight, then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath. Someone say Zarephath. Nice, say Zarephath. Yeah, great. So that word Zarephath, this is point two, if you're taking notes. Number one, the place of Kerith Brook meant the place of separation, of cutting away 
Point two, the second place that Elijah went to so that he could become a conduit of God's redemptive plan was the place of Zarephath. That word Zarephath means refining. That's what it means in the Hebrew. The word refining, it means to smelt, to test, get this, this is the Hebrew meaning, to test and prove true. Not just to test, <laughs> but to test and prove true. Like you're going to stay there until you pass the test. So it's to test and to prove true, to be refined, but get this, to be refined and then to become a refiner. It's, it's a pretty incredible place. So Elijah goes to this place and he meets this widow. And when he meets this widow, he says to this widow in verse 10, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? I'm sorry, Elijah. (laughs) Uh, Do you know there's a drought going on? And a widow walks up to him and he says, oh, can I have a little bit of water in a cup? So she says, "Uh, uh, okay. So she goes. And while she's walking away, Elijah calls after her and says, oh, and bring me some bread too. Who is this guy? Like, oh my gosh. And she replies to him, I swear by the Lord, your God, I don't have anything. I've only got flour and a little bit of cooking oil and I'm gathering a few sticks to cook my meal. And then me and my son, we're gonna die. Like zero to 100, real quick. And so, Eli- I, and I look at the scripture and I think, Elijah, that's really insensitive. Um, you've just been with God all of this time. Surely you were able to know this lady is in a dire situation. How incredibly insensitive and politically incorrect and not nice. But then again, I remember the place where Elijah has been. And so this widow, he's like, can I have a glass of water and some bread too? And she's like, are you kidding me? Because the place where she has been is a place of drought, where the place Elijah has been is the place where he knows it doesn't matter what's going on out there, my God is going to provide. So he wasn't being insensitive. He was just saying, I know God, girl, don't worry. If you're with me, we're going to have food. It's fine. And so that's literally Elijah. So he sends her away and he says to her, don't be afraid. Do go ahead and do what you've said, but make some bread for me first. And as long as you do that, as, uh, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers. So she went away and she did what Elijah said, and there was a miracle. Praise God. Sometime later in verse 17, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse and finally died. Then she said to Elijah, Oh man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins? And kill my son. So this woman's son has died after this incredible miracle. And she says to Elijah, what have you done? Have you just come here to give, give, give us a little bit of life and then point out my sins? Because in the culture of the day, if something like that were to happen, it was most likely because your family or your son or yourself, you were being cursed for your own sins or for the sins of your forefathers. And so she says, have you come here to point out my imperfections, my sin, perhaps the curse? Do you know this morning, 
I think some of us have been reading the situation wrong. Where things, our dreams, our legacy, our hopes have died and we have thought it's because of me. It's because I'm not good enough. It's because I've made mistakes. It's because I am the one that's provided this environment or I couldn't do what God wanted me to do. It's because of me. I'm here to tell you as we go on and read the end of this chapter, that's not why. But it was so the glory of the Lord might be revealed, so a miracle might happen. See, you might think things have been cut away and things have died and they're never going to be resurrected again, but it is the entry point for a miracle. It is the entry point for breakthrough. It is the entry point for so much more, for the abundance of the King. If we would just allow the process of refining to occur. Is it easy? Mm-mm. Is it necessary? Yes. You know, even this morning, some of us need to learn how to forgive the process. The process of refining, where we have seen it as an indictment of our own value, of our own selves. But really, God was just preparing a way for an incredible miracle. So Elijah... He picks up this kid and he carries him upstairs to the room and then he lies this body down on the bed. Then Elijah cried out to God, God, why have you put me in this position? I don't know if I were you, but if I was Elijah, I'd be freaking out right now. And so here's what Elijah did. He stretched himself out over the kid. He lay on top of that kid and then he breathed this prayer. He said, oh Lord, my God, let this child's life return to him. Nothing. So here in this process, not only is this widow being refined, now Elijah's right in that fire too. Like, i never been in this position before. God, you've just given me everything. What? Now I, I, don't, I don't understand, God. It's not working like it used to. So then he put himself over the kid again. Oh, Lord, my God, let this child live. Nothing. A little bit awkward in this moment, right? You can imagine the widow. Really? Really? And then one more time, Elijah lies down on this kid. And breathes, oh Lord, my God, let this child live. And this child breathes again. I wonder what's happening here. I, I, I don't know. But I think, I think, if the place of Kerith Brook taught Elijah how to rely on God as his source, if it taught Elijah how to inhale the Spirit of God, then the place of Zarephath taught him how to exhale it. But the first two times, it didn't work. Because I think sometimes, like Elijah, we've got stink breath. I think sometimes our breath stinks of insecurity. I think sometimes our breath stinks of our past failure, but our past failure cannot breathe life into anything. Our insecurity cannot breathe life 
into anything. But I love this process, this place of refining where we can learn because sometimes life is hard. Sometimes it is horrible. Sometimes we need to learn what it is to inhale failure, but to exhale faith. Sometimes we need to learn what it is to inhale disappointment, to come face to face with it, but still let God process it in us and then exhale hope. Come on, that's how things come alive. That is a declaration of prophetic faith in Jesus' Name. That's how we make room in the Spirit. I'm not talking about denying our issues. I'm talking about coming face to face with them. And in the place of refining, we allow God to take these situations and circumstances and we come face to face with it. And we grapple with the Word of God and we grapple and we wrestle with God. But by the time we come to exhale into our children's lives, into our spouses' lives, into our communities, our workplaces, our situations, we know how to exhale faith. We know how to exhale life. We know how to exhale hope. We know how to exhale forgiveness. We know how to exhale beauty for ashes, forgiveness for offence. Come on, that's a miracle. I don't know about you, but those sound like two really hard places. (laughs) Right? But it is part of the process that means Elijah becomes or is formed into this person that then is able to be like, God, move. I know you can provide for me. I know you can use me to resurrect life. And the final place, hey, um, Muso, Muso, Brett. Yeah, yeah, thanks, bro. This is the last, the last place Elijah goes. And the place where Elijah goes, we find it in 1 Kings in, verse, in chapter 18. And in verse 19, we read, Elijah says, Summon all of Israel to join me at Mount Carmel. And we know this story, the contest at Mount Carmel. Come along with all the prophets of Baal and all the prophets of Asherah who are supported by Jezebel. And so all these people came and Elijah stood there as the only one, the only prophet. And that place, Carmel, that final place, Carmel, in Hebrew, that place means the garden land, a plantation. It means fruitfulness. And I love that. That's the third and final place Elijah goes before before the heavens open over him, before he becomes a part of the miracle. There is, um, it's that word Carmel. It's used other times in the Scriptures to mean the opposite of desert. It is mentioned in Isaiah 32. And verse 14, where it says, The city will be deserted, and busy towns will be empty. Wild donkeys will frolic, and flocks will graze in the empty forts and watchtowers, until, until, until at last, the Spirit is poured out on us from heaven. Then the wilderness will become a carmel fertile and fruitful field and it will yield 
bountiful crops. In Jesus' Name, I pray that You would go to a place where You would see every wilderness, every desert place, every place of desolateness in your heart or your life. Maybe it is your finance. Maybe it is a particular relationship in your family. And you would begin to go to that place and stand on it and look at that place and say, that place is Carmel. It will be a place of fruitfulness. And I will stand on that place. And I will see that this place will yield a bountiful crop, a bountiful harvest. I know how hard it is. That has been my journey and continues to be my journey in particular with my father where I love my dad, I really do. But he was, the, he was the source of so much hurt and abuse. But when I go and I hang out with my dad and we have our daddy-daughter dates that I force him to, it's time, Dad. And when I sit down in that place, I don't look at my dad, at that situation, at that relationship as a place of wilderness, although it might currently be. But I look at that place, I look at my father and I say, this is my Carmel. This will yield fruit. I will stand here and I will battle and I will do what Elijah, come on, what did Elijah do? He offered what? A sacrifice. He took what was most precious, most precious, not just to him, but to people. He took water and he poured it over the sacrifice. Some people might have thought that was wasteful. A little bit like the woman who broke the alabaster jar over Jesus. That's a little bit wasteful. Oh, but Jesus says, oh, you don't even understand how much this pleases me. Oh, when we come to church, even though everything might say to you, why are you still doing that? Why are you still giving? Why do you still lift your hands? Don't you see? You should just give up. No. That is the place of Carmel, fruitfulness. Father, I thank You for this morning. I thank You for Your sons and daughters who are gathered here. With every head bowed and eye closed, if you're here this morning and perhaps you don't know Jesus, maybe you're visiting, you're here for the first time, or maybe you do know Him, but you've walked away. This Jesus that I'm talking about, this Jesus I've been talking about, is a Jesus who will walk with you through the highs and the lows. He doesn't make life easier, but it certainly makes life an incredible adventure. He will never leave you or forsake you through the times of separation where things are being cut away or the times where you, your, your life is being refined. He walks with you. This morning, if you don't know Jesus, he came and He died on the cross. He lived a perfect life and then He died on the cross, taking our sin and shame and every mistake and every bit of rejection and hurt. He took it upon Himself so that He would be the perfect sacrifice 
so that one day we might arrive at this moment right here where you might be sitting here, perhaps asking questions about faith, asking questions about the reality of Christ. I'm here to tell you this morning, He's real and He loves you. And He did that for you 2,000 years ago that this morning you might be able to take a step and say, I believe that's what you did for me, Jesus. Come into my life. If that's you this morning, I'd love to pray with you. All you need to do in in this moment is just to lift your hand. Come on, who's gonna make that decision this morning? Who, who, Who wants to say this morning, I need Jesus in my life. I used to know Him, but I don't know Him anymore. Or perhaps you've never known Him at all. If that's you, just lift your hand right now and I would love to pray with you this morning. There's no shame, we're all family here. So who wants to make that decision? Just lift your hand in this moment. Awesome, I see that hand, beautiful. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Just lift your hand. Thank you. Fantastic. God bless you. Is there anyone else this morning? I'll only leave it for 30 more seconds. But I don't want to miss anyone out. Thank you, Jesus. Well, there's two people who have responded this morning. Oh, we're going to pray this morning. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray a line. Is this, is this okay if I pray that? Yeah, okay. Um, so church, we're all going to pray together. I'm going to pray a line. And after I pray the line, everyone, if you could repeat the line after me, the Word of God says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross and that He rose again, that means you will be saved, which is, you know, Christian language for welcome to the family, welcome to the faith, but also welcome to a life where Jesus walks with you. So church, can we close our eyes one one last time? And if you would repeat after me, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me here this morning. I open up my heart and I ask you to come in. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sin, for all of my shame, for all of my pain. And thank You that You rose again to life so I can have life. I choose life with You. I choose life with You. Teach me how to live life Your way. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen, Amen. Can we give God some praise this morning? Come on, can we praise Him? Awesome. Amen. Yeah, very powerful. I've got lots and lots of notes there. Whew, have to go over that one. Great word, eh? Great word. We've got to apply it. Apply it. Come away with me. Oh, I love that. Come away with me us to come away with Him. Put it into action. Put it into action. We want to bless Esther uh, today and as she goes on her way. I forgot to say when I introduced her um, before that she is from Equippers Church up the road in Auckland. 
um, our sister church, uh, part of the X movement. So, yeah, so cool, eh? Haven't we got amazing people in our movement? Whew, yeah. Great chickies. <laughs> warriors, girl warriors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you just picture like the Xena warrior? Yeah. Anyway, okay, I shouldn't go there. And I just did. <laughs> yeah. We're going to bless Esther. <laughs> we're going to bless her. So we're going to receive an offering uh, to to um, bless her on her way. But she is back tonight. Isn't that great? She is back tonight and we're going to learn how to occupy, take that land, that promised land that He has promised to us, activate church. He has promised the land. So we want to take that land. Amen. I'm going to take it. You're with me, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, tonight, 6 p.m., it's going to be a great night. There's nothing on TV, so, so yeah. <laughs> We're going to have an amazing time here at 6 p.m. tonight. Guess it's been fantastic having you with us today. I hope to see you at 6 p.m. tonight as well. Uh, do please pick up a, a white gift pack on your way out this morning and enjoy a coffee in the Crossover Cafe. Go and chat to some people. There's some beautiful people out there with the green T-shirts on. And uh, parents, if you uh, have got kids out in, in um, kids' church, then make sure you ask them, what's the, what's the question for today? Have a little chat over, over that. And uh, wherever, whenever... Yeah, come on, let's just say that a little bit louder. Wherever, whenever, be like Jesus, yeah.